0: What's up guys, Kevin Wagstaff here. On episode 90, I have Adam Stobble from Homestead Inspections out of Alberta, Canada. And he is just such an even-keeled, articulate, thoughtful business owner. Um, We talk about a lot of different things in this one. We talk about his use of social media and HubSpot as a CRM. Um, We talk about conquering his local market and then worrying about cities outside, how he thinks about that strategy, um, efficiency, talk about action we talk about the future state of the market where he sees home inspections going in terms of um you know the gateway to other businesses that he wants to own and set up he talks about existing in a small town and kind of what those dynamics are like so this one has a little bit of something for everyone he's just an enjoyable guy um fun to be around fun to chat with so you'll enjoy this one a ton um and again thank you for listening send me uh any recommendations for people that you want to see on the pod Um, anyone you've come across in the industry that would be interesting to you and then recommendations for what you want to hear about Um, i can have people from our team on the pod people from the industry um, agents people from outside the industry so again can't thank you guys enough for listening and the feedback i get on the pod is amazing it keeps me energized to uh to keep doing it and uh and keep doing them more often so keep sending me your thoughts and um, we'll talk to everybody soon thanks
1: hey kevin how are
0: you doing well how's your day going today
1: oh pretty good it's uh it's been fairly busy right off the bat so got knocked off a few things this morning and and now we're uh able to take a little break here so that's great
0: awesome um just so you know we usually i usually just start rolling right out the gate we uh we sure. catch up chat and then we just roll into it it's pretty casual if you've listened to any
1: yeah i've listened to a ton of them uh i love them so awesome. um yeah that sounds great don't worry cool
0: well thanks for carving out time I know you're busy, um, and I love the branding. By the way, love the shirt. <laughs> uh, thank you, Green Saver. All that. Yeah, it's. Uh,
1: I don't know. Branding is so important. It, it, it's the only thing that kind of separates you from the pack, right? So, um, so yeah, it's it's something that we uh, we try and put front of mind for uh, for realtors and clients as, as often as we can. So
0: right on. So um, it's been years since we've talked. I look back at the notes and like, <laughs> oh, it's been a couple of years. Um, yeah. So did you see um, a, a kind of a casting call put out by Louis, or did did you uh, what? How did we get here? How did we? Yeah, get-
1: no. So um, I I did see that in the Facebook group, but um, we uh, we've just been going through so many changes, and so with that we learn so much from the podcast, from others. And so uh, honestly, when I when I connected with you just recently, I just thought like. why not like let's let's get on here and let's let's talk about our business and what what's changed for us since you know since starting and really when when you and I talked that was like pretty much right off the bat uh you know we were only a couple months into this and uh I had I tested a few different types of software I was really unhappy with all of them quite frankly uh and stumbled upon Spectora just one night just I think on a google search and uh and took a look at a sample report, and I was like, "This is exactly what I'm looking for." Like, I'm not, I don't want to be presenting that that PDF with the, the big red font that's going to scare a buyer. Um, you know, I've been buyer, I've been a buyer many times uh, on uh, on transactions myself, and I just always felt like, for one, I was never going to read those eighty pages. No, like it just nope, wasn't nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I was looking through that that short form uh, you know, red font and, and just kind of afraid of what I was buying. Right. And yeah. so when we move into this, you know, having our own home inspection business, uh, we just absolutely didn't want to provide that kind of a service to a client. So when we saw Spectora and how visual it was and how flexible it was, we could include video photos, you know, we could basically customize it however we wanted. Um, that was a no brainer. So it was, it was an easy, easy decision to to move to
0: Spectora for sure. Awesome. So Let's talk recent changes. I'll, I'll ask you about kind of the, the backstory in a minute, but w- yeah, what's, what's been going on since COVID, or we can even go back to COVID cause I think it's still recent enough to, for people to talk about how they reacted to that because it wasn't like a lot of us thought it would be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, like we, we only started maybe four months prior to COVID really in fall, kind of late fall 2019. So we were just getting off the ground. We had just kind of established a a couple of good realtor partners that we work with on a regular basis, even today. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really didn't know what to expect. Right. And then, so COVID hits here in, in Alberta, we, we were shut down for a couple of weeks while everybody kind of figured out what was going to what was going to happen. And then uh, from there, obviously just like everywhere else in North America, things just kind of took off and, and they haven't really stopped. They've just gotten crazier and crazier as the, as the months have gone on. So um, we, you know, we just sort of rolled with it right off the bat. We, you know, we saw an uptick, we uh, we saw an uptick in just general number of transactions. And that gave us an opportunity to kind of slip in there as a, as a new guy um, on the new guy in the, in the market and, uh, and just, be available, you know, as, yeah. as people got busier, um, there was, I know they in our local market here, we're, we're just outside of Calgary. So Calgary's about a 1 million, you know, just a little bit over a million okay. people in Calgary. Um, and we're a half an hour out. We live in a, a town called Cochrane. So mm-hmm. in Cochrane there, uh, there's us, uh, and maybe one or two other local home inspectors, um, our town's about 25, 30,000 people, give or take. Okay. Um, so, between the three of us those those two other companies are, are one man one man shows just you know a guy in his truck and mm-hmm. um, they're great inspectors but uh i know that they were getting too busy and they just didn't they couldn't accommodate the local local realtors so yeah. that gave us an opportunity right off the bat and uh, once you get your foot in the door then you know we just tried to do everything we could to to get that second and third and fourth call and uh and establish a relationship and and build on that um, you know and as those as this real estate market has grown so quickly, uh, those one man realtor groups, they turn into a team and now there's a team of eight or 10. And if you, if you've been in, in on the ground floor, uh, you're, you're probably going to be the one that's going to help out the rest of the team. Right. So, um, (laughs) that allowed us to grow fairly quickly without having to, uh, you know, uh, really, invest a lot of time to try and, to try and get those realtor partnerships, uh, available and COVID helped with that too. Uh, you know, we, we weren't going out for coffee or going out for lunch with a realtor. We were just hopping on a zoom meeting like this and, mm-hmm. and getting that relationship started. And then we can build on that from there. So,
0: Oh, I have so many questions. So, <laughs> um, talk to me about those zoom meetings because I am often encouraging inspectors to, to do them for people that don't go into the office for agents that don't have a brokerage traditional setup. It's a lot of this to get to know them. Not easy to do. So how did you, one, how'd you go about setting those up and then what did, what did you talk about? What were they like?
1: Yeah. So we, we have a big, and right from the very beginning, we made a really big focus on social media. So, in especially in the Calgary market, uh, a lot of the realtors here in Calgary uh, use Instagram as their primary primary right. tool. Uh, Facebook too, a little bit, uh, to a certain extent, but mostly Instagram. So, um, you know, that was that was our main lead generator. Basically, we would get in there, getting... we would uh, we would try and reach out, try and establish a relationship, and like Instagram is perfect because then it gives us an opportunity to show ourselves as a company. So that you know, when when I reach out to Kevin to try and establish a relationship, uh, you know, it's not just a message or it's just a text or a cold call. You know, they can click on our profile, take a look at our profile, and see what we're about as well. Mm. So we can kind of break the ice there in Instagram, and then work to try and establish either a Zoom meeting or a face to face meeting, and uh, and get that that relationship started.
0: Out of dozens <laughs> out of dozens of interviews of inspectors talking about Instagram. I've never heard someone articulate it that uh, clearly of they get a chance to see who you are, as opposed to a phone call, email, text, where it's easy to ignore. And you're just like, your words are probably no different than anyone else's words.
1: Right. Yeah. How can your, how can your pitch be drastically different than the next home inspector down the street? Obviously, we try and have our own uh, you know unique service or unique services and selling features, but right. at the end of the day, we're all providing essentially the same service and we're regulated here in Alberta. so mm. we all essentially provide the same inspection report with the same topics that we're looking at in the same areas of the home. So uh, it's hard to differentiate yourself unless you have something like like Instagram where you can show your personality, you can show what you're looking for and how you go about your business because we're all we're all doing the same job uh you know but it's it's how you do it right so
0: so how did you actually ask them to get on a zoom or get coffee or like what was that uh asking out like
1: (laughs) because i I know a lot of
0: inspectors they don't even know how to go about asking you know and it's, it's sometimes the language matters
1: yeah and sometimes like it would vary a lot. So it varies depending on whether I'm talking to a new brand new agent mm. or an, an experienced agent. Uh, you know, young, old, uh, I kind of vary my approach depending on who I'm talking to. Um, so we, but in general, basically you just got to put yourself out there and say, you know, once you've, I would never on the first message or on the first contact, uh, I would never ask somebody to, to meet and, you know, discuss inspections or talk about a no. business or, you know, anything really, I want to develop that relationship first so that we're already kind of on a first name basis before we even start talking about the business. Um, Then once, you know, once we're, you know, once we kind of know a little bit about about each other and about our business just through Instagram or Facebook or text message or whatever the media is, um, then it's easy. Then you can sit down, it's, you can show up at a coffee shop or hop on a Zoom and you already know that, uh, you know, a little bit about how that realtor operates and, you know, how they do their job, how they, how they present the homes that they're selling. Um, and then, you know, you have, you have some talking points, so it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make it so much of a first date as a yes. more of a, uh, you know, you just mean for a coffee with friends, right? Yeah.
0: You so. never have to get married or go steady right away, right? You got to warm up to it. Um, exactly. Yeah. Do you ask them questions about their business? Does that tend to work or is it? Totally. Yeah. How do you view building that trust in relation? Yeah.
1: So when, and especially when we're, I mean, this isn't even just in like uh, the initial meetings with, with agents, this is throughout our entire relationship with a, with a realtor. Uh, It's always more about them and how they do their business than it is about us. So uh, you know, they have a good understanding of what we do just right off the bat, right out the gate Um, realtors. There's a wide variety of how they, how they operate, how they do their business, whether they, you know, are so let's say a luxury agent or more of a volume producer. Um, we we want to know as much about them as possible so that we can tailor our delivery and our message and even kind of the way we do our reports to their clients uh, to, to them as an agent and um, the way they do their business.
0: So I want to go back to, you mentioned COVID. So I want to know about your mentality because you, you were four months in, what were you thinking when some of this news is breaking because you were just getting momentum. And I know some inspe- other inspectors were in those shoes. What was the, what was the internal dialogue? Like, yeah, because had, so, were you doing it full-time at that time? Uh, so yes, we just started doing it
1: full-time. So initially, <laughs> um, initially we had a, had an intention that this was always going to be a part-time job. Uh-huh. This was all the only intention was this was for this to be a opportunity to you know, make enough money to have an amazing vacation once a year with our family and pay some medical bills and a few other things, right? Um, It was never the intention that this was going to be a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Um, And around about, so we started in about September, uh, around about December, uh, me and my, the company I was working with uh, that I'd been with for five years, we parted ways. Uh, And so two months later, uh, COVID hits. And so we're kind of jumping in with both feet, don't have, uh, don't have any Backup plan, really, which was probably a good thing. Yeah, uh, because that yes. that gives us uh, gives us all the motivation in the world to to be successful, right? Um, because there was no there was no backup plan. There was no <laughs> there there was no way that this was going to fail, and uh, and we were just very lucky. Like the the real estate market could have absolutely tanked, um, right. And it and it didn't. Uh, you know, it took off. So there's a lot of luck there as well, but uh, tons of motivation just because it had to work. Otherwise we weren't going to be able to pay for our own mortgage. So yeah. um, it was, there was a lot of motivation to make it work.
0: I always hear that uh, called burning the boats. I don't know if you heard yeah. that before. Have you heard that sure. analogy yeah, totally. yeah, where it's yeah. like, you're on the Island, you got to make this work. You got to win this war. Um, did that manifest in any certain, like, do you have any examples of where if it was part time and just like a nice vacation fund, you wouldn't have done X, Y, Z, Um, or gone above and beyond or reached out to another couple of realtors or done that zoom. What do you have any manifestations of that?
1: Yeah. Well, almost like right out the gate, uh, right. You know, as soon as we started offering it as a part-time service, I knew that it wasn't going to be something that was going to be sustainable part-time. Like we, Uh, we uh, you know, a realtor would call up and say, Hey, Thursday afternoon uh, condition day is Friday, we need you there. And, and obviously I couldn't do it because I had a full-time job and, right. you know, I was in a salaried position with a construction company in Calgary and, and it wasn't something that I could just walk away from and just hop over and, and do an inspection in the afternoon. So, um, so I could kind of tell that we were heading in the direction of going to going to a full-time, uh, full-time role basically for, for the inspector um, in the company, but I didn't know what that looked like. So, you know, we bantered about, about maybe, maybe just hiring an inspector and we would just run the business. We wouldn't actually physically do the inspections. Um, and that, that way I could kind of, uh, I could keep my, my day job and between them, my wife and I, we could sort of run the business on the side. Um, and so we talked about that for a little while that didn't really seem like it was going to be a fit. And then we just sort of naturally parted ways with the the company I was working with. And so we made the decision that like, rather than looking for another job, we were just going to try and make this work and, and give it a go and see what happens. So
0: yeah. And I, and I love that all in approach. And so, cause I'm very, obviously I lived through burning the boats myself for you yeah. know a year or two of that uncertainty and doing things that aren't scalable going above and beyond late nights, early mornings. And so, um, yeah. What was that first couple month grind? Like, was it just a lot of outreach networking? Like,
1: yeah. What so, did you,
0: how did you scrap in the early days? The
1: first, yeah. So the first couple of months, uh, you know, we weren't really doing very many inspections. I think the yeah. first month that maybe I did five next month was kind of 10 in that range for the first, let's say quarter mm-hmm. of, uh, of doing this full time. Um, so I had a little bit of time on my hands. So I was able to do, you know, as much networking as possible. So we are reaching out. Uh, talking to as many agents as we could during the day. And we still do that today. Um, we just have a little bit less time to do it. Yeah. Uh, but back then, you know, we had we had the, the full day, basically. So, uh, you know, if we could hop on as many meetings as we could, whether it be Zoom or in person, when we were able to do so, um, just trying to, trying to develop a community of realtor partners and even kind of local contractors that we could get in touch with and, and get to know more about, um, just so that we could establish ourselves so that when COVID you know, our mindset at that point was when COVID kind of goes away, um, we'll be able to, you know, hit the ground running and we'll already have those relationships in place. So um, yeah, tons of networking during the day. Um, we basically would network during the day, do an inspection if we had one, and then all night work on the business, whether it be on the websites or because uh, at, at that point, we had our own website. We didn't have one through Spectora, which we've, mm. we're very thankful we have now because uh, mm. it's just a much better product. Um, but uh, yeah, we'd be working on the website or trying to develop, uh, you know, info sheets or learning material that we could pass on to uh, to clients and to buyers. And mm. and so we were pretty much 24-7. Like, I, I mean, even today, like, there's really no days off. Like, we're always... We're always working on the business. Basically.
0: How did I have two questions? I'll ask the first one. How did you find the agents to reach out to? Like, how? What was your system for <coughs> finding and prioritizing who to reach out to? And was it on social media back then, or was it more direct? Because maybe your social presence wasn't,
1: you know. Yeah, on? no, it was pretty much pretty much social media right off the right okay. off the hop. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of local work too, but uh, yeah, we would always prioritize, and we still do today prioritize our local real estate market so our 20 to uh, 30,000 person town Um, and you know there's probably probably around 30 or 40 realtors right in that market so that was a priority priority one and then priority two was the city so we have the benefit of being able to kind of step into that one million person uh market whenever we want um so we would we would focus locally and then kind of dabble in the city to the extent that we you know we could develop a relationship with someone we're obviously never going to Turned down a realtor partnership, um, but we weren't as focused on the city as we were locally. And uh, and that's paid dividends. Like as soon as, uh, especially in a small brokerage, uh, as soon as one or two of the realtors that are working with you in that small town setting uh, get to know you and you start working with them on a regular basis, they're obviously gonna tell that the other five or six realtors that are in that office. And so that made a huge difference right off the bat. So for 2020, uh, we could kind of establish that base here in Cochrane locally. Um, and then start to build from there. But we always knew we had that base to go back to.
0: You Gotcha. So did you Google or search on social media to actually find the names and who to reach out to? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of that. And and a bit of just like looking up on Instagram, you know, Cochrane Realtor or whatever, and it pops yeah. up or, yeah. or another, you know, we have Banff is just down the road, Banff and Canmore uh, out in the mountains. And so we would do the same thing out there and, okay. and just try and reach out to anybody that we saw. And yeah, if we we now we have a little bit more of a systematic approach to that. And basically to everything in our business, we have a real, we're really big on, on systems just to make sure everything runs as smoothly as possible all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes with networking as well. But, uh, but even back then we would, we would always uh, you know, Google search the brokerage, take it, take a list of all the names, put it in a CRM so that we had, we were able to track this. Um, and we would, we would initially usually reach out on either Instagram or via text, because we didn't want to, uh, we didn't run a cold call at that point. Yeah. Uh, now I'm kind of, you know, we, we do it every now and then, but it just doesn't have that same connections. We still kind of stick to our roots and do what, do what we know works. But, um, but yeah, we would always uh, track those initial calls and see what kind of response we got. You know, usually it's maybe 20% mm-hmm. uh, on a good day of, of realtors that want to reach back out to you and have that conversation. Um, and then we would kind of escalate it from there until we could get that first meeting and, and try and you know get that first inspection. And I found once we got that first inspection, then we were probably gonna get a second, usually. Like it hasn't, it hasn't uh we tracked that metric too. And it really hasn't been very often, uh, maybe, maybe a handful of times in three years that uh, that we haven't gotten a second inspection from from a, a, a realtor that we've reached out to. So did you ever that relationship is so important?
0: Did you ever find out why, or is it hard when you're so busy? I doubt many inspectors know why.
1: Yeah, I, you know, we, we try always to reach out, especially if we if we notice, you know, uh, an agent has kind of gone in a different direction, and we know they're working with someone else, we always try and reach out, um, we don't always get, get much of an answer, you know, we right. kind of sometimes it'll be, uh, you know, we just we like their service better, or we have a we have a relationship, we know that guy through church or exactly. uh, you know, something, right? And you can't, You can't always, you're never, you're never going to work with, with everybody as much as you'd like to. Um, So it just comes down to relationships and, and whether you can establish something that's going to last long-term.
0: Yeah. No one shoots hundred percent from the field. Um, 20% though sounds impressive. I don't have any data to back this up, but 20% um, is pretty great. What CRM did you guys use to put those in? Because I'm I'm always fascinated on this because obviously Spector is building CRM light features all the time but some of these CRMs are so damn good at what they do. Um, so I'm always curious what, what people use.
1: Yeah. So we, we just use the free, uh, free version of HubSpot. Um, and, Ooh. and it, it worked fine. HubSpot's uh, and great. We still use it today. Yeah. yeah. Um, we still use the free version. We don't, uh, we don't subscribe. Um, I would, you know, obviously I would love if that was integrated, fully integrated into Spectora and I could, I could put my leads in there and, and, uh, and work my leads within Spectora so that we could kind of, have that one-stop shop um but you know maybe down the road but uh but we still use hubspot hubspot all the time for for that
0: i'm actually putting a note about this because um ourselves are migrating to hubspot right now and i i'm really enjoying the workflows the sequences like it the power of that platform i get why they're you know a a multi-billion dollar company already they yeah they have figured something out
1: yeah definitely yeah they uh you know, it's 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 very user friendly. Um, so for, for especially for inspectors that you know maybe CRMs, maybe they don't know what CRM stands for, right? So, right. Uh, right. Um, so uh, for you know for inspectors that haven't used any kind of a relationship management tool like that, uh, it's it's pretty straightforward. So you can kind of get through the weeds and get to what you need and, and record information about the realtors that you're working with, or even about your clients, if, if you so choose um, and, mm-hmm. and really track that. So that was great initially when we were trying to, you know, keep track of a little bit of personal just anecdotes that we would get from realtors. And, you know, we, yeah. you know, what's your, what's your favorite cup of coffee even. Right. So like when you could reach out and you know, you were going to an inspection, like, Oh, okay, great. You want, you want me to pick up a coffee? You want, you want to have a, you know, a black coffee, like, like we did before or whatever. And so we would just like any metric that we could put in there so that before we went to the inspection, we could just open up HubSpot, for example, um, take a look at the information about that realtor that we, that we knew, and it would just kind of, again, break the ice again, especially if you haven't seen them in a couple months. Um, (sighs) you may have, and now, now that we're, if we're seeing like 40, 50 realtors a month, um you you don't obviously retain all of that information all the time so being able to go back to spot for example yeah. uh, is, uh is an awesome tool. oh
0: dude that's so gold i i hadn't heard something like that before of like you don't see just you don't see someone in months and then you're like oh do you still want that double shot uh skinny <laughs> yes, latte with exactly. the foam on the right. top like that's yeah. that's unbelievable i I love that. Um, And that's just
1: an example, right? Or like, do you, you, uh, does your realtor that you're working with have kids that play hockey or kids that play football? Um, And then you can just break in, like, how did, how did your son's football season go? Like whatever the case is, right? So that is
0: relationship building one-on-one man.
1: Yeah. Cause that's without, without those relationships, you're just another guy in a truck that shows up for a transaction once every couple of months. And, uh, and you're easily forgettable, right? Uh, but Not if you're if you're top of mind and you you know you know the you know the realtor's kids names you know what kind of dog they have you know that they're playing hockey on the weekends or whatever and uh, and you develop that relationship in person and then you're doubling down on that with social media so that you can be present kind of every couple of days always in their feed uh, they're going to remember you and if you did a good job which is the fundamental key of all of this is if you do a good job as an inspector uh, if they remember you, they're going to give you a second call.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. And do you, I'm guessing you keep your list pretty curated in HubSpot. So you don't go over the amount of contacts. I, I forget if it's like 2000 or a thousand that they give you. For yeah.
1: And I mean, at this point in our business, like we're on a regular basis, we're probably working with probably hundred to 150 realtors. Like there'll be a point in time where we're, where we're big enough that we need a, you know, a, a subscription based uh, larger solution. That's going to hold all that data. But for now, why, why have an expense in the business if you don't need it?
0: Oh, and those, and you'll have beautiful problems. If you're like, I have too many agent contacts <laughs> yeah, exactly. for the free version. I need more. Uh, that's right. That's great. Cause we won't go on this too long. Cause not everyone probably uses or knows about HubSpot, but all of the contingencies that you can build in with those workflows. And if they click on certain emails, right. then you send them a different track of emails. It It's powerful. And I can see how that could keep agent engagement throughout the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because it is like it's a layered approach, right? Like you have the personal model where you're you're meeting them on a regular basis, hopefully for inspections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you're hitting them with the email. We typically don't try and spam realtors too much with email, but on a regular basis, usually quarterly, sometimes monthly, depending on the depending on the the agent and depending on the brokerage. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then and then with social media, we're there every day, so we're always we're kind of always front of mind.
0: And you balance it with, you balance it with the Spectora, um, follow-up emails, I'm guessing. So it's like, they get the Spectora emails and then you also like are aware of what's going from where.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so we just, it would have been a couple months ago, switched to advanced. Uh, we trialed it for a little while last year, loved it, but we weren't kind of, we were just weren't ready for it. Um, we got to, yeah, I think it was about January that we started to put it in place and just, you know, it's it has all of those other tools that we want to be able to use for, you know, follow up like actions is the the best thing that ever happened to our business to be able to, uh, basically streamline everything. We have actions that go out to the listing agents to try and prep the house prior to arriving at the house. Oh. We have actions, uh, for buyers, you know, what, what to expect out of your, your inspection. Uh, we have actions for buyers, agents, follow-ups, uh, you know, six month follow-ups, year follow-ups. Mm. Um, and so, uh, that's that's that piece that uh, for us was missing was we we'd have that that great communication right around the inspection, um, but then we couldn't really very easily without advance be able to reach out to to clients just to kind of stay front of mind. Obviously, they're probably not buying another house within that same right. year or two, um, but you know, they probably know somebody that is, and so if you can if you can provide something of value, and that's the other piece uh, with all of this is if you're just sending them an email just to uh put out a picture of you inspecting a house and saying you know it's time to clean your gutters uh, it's probably not there, there just isn't much value there. like they're just it's no, going to get deleted it's you're not going to be you're not going to be seen um, so you have to provide something that's worthwhile so if, you know for us uh a few months out we'll do uh, maintenance checklists um based on the season so you know if they're buying the house in let's say the middle of winter in december uh we're going to give them a spring checklist um, mm-hmm. Three months out, so they've they moved in, they've lived in the house a little bit. Now there's a little bit of work to do. Here's a list of handy things that you need to do, um, and and we have those those kind of in, info sheets for for buyers, for listing agents, for buyers agents, uh, and they just they're basically an action off of off of that inspection. So the inspection becomes the hub, um, and then we can have all these spokes that go out from there, where we have touch points with everybody that was involved with that transaction. Um, so that that way, even a listing agent that we've never worked with before, uh, they they get a little bit of exposure to us just right off the bat. So,
0: Oh, that's brilliant. I, that I feel like is an underrated um, strategy is those subtle touch points with the listing agent. I don't think enough inspectors capitalize on that.
1: Yeah, well, and especially in our market, like locally, we... Pretty much uh, if you're you're either an agent that works with us or you're an agent that at least knows about us or knows that right. we, we exist. But in the city, there's there's tons of inspectors. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me, we, uh, we get that opportunity to kind of get our foot in the door off of that inspection with the listing agent without even really, you know, the action doesn't automatically, we don't have to remember to send a text. We don't have to remember to follow up with a phone call. That way, if we get any kind of a response from the listing agent from the action, then We've already got that foot in the door. We can start to start to run that system that we always run, where we try and try and engage with that that agent. In this case, it was the listing agent on a previous on a previous inspection, and we'll get them to uh, to start to communicate with us, and hopefully that'll lead to another inspection. Um, and you know, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they have their their guy or their two or three guys that they always refer. But uh, but it's been pretty successful for us. So
0: it's a great
1: it's a great lead generator too.
0: I love that. It's a, it's a game of exposure. And like, even if they don't use you right away, they, they see the name, they maybe get a few exposures and then maybe six months later, they get an email. Yeah, from you exactly. Yep. Yep. Have to start somewhere? Yeah. Have the upsells um, worked well through actions? Do you use them like, Hey, if they don't, they book this service, but not this service. Let's give them a stat or a reminder
1: <laughs> Yeah. So we've, we've done that and we have actions that, that are, uh, that are in there to, to try and generate that additional business um, we haven't seen a, a ton of work generated off of that but um i also think it's probably just our approach we're just too we're too new at it where we gotta we gotta kind of work on that script a little bit and yeah. and make it a little bit more uh effective and and then i can see that definitely like i mean it already it's, it's already paying for itself just in the returns on on additional inspections that we get off the back end of a previous inspection um, so there's all there's already value there without even uh, you know, it, financial value, um, let alone the like the amount of time that's saved through through actions, just for for us as a as a management team for the company. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's already financial benefit to to having actions involved, and once we get those add-on services really kind of clicking, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. It's just a Even. it'll be like a a whole second. Second part of the business, right? Uh, Yeah.
0: Let's talk, let's riff on that for a second. I'm always, I always want to hear inspectors' thoughts, especially ones like you that seem to have a mind for those future touch points with homeowners. Where do you see this playing out for inspectors? Because you're providing a lot of value upfront and then you're giving them a checklist in the spring, fall, summer, maybe providing them with all kinds of value. Do you think there's ways to help that grow? inspectors businesses in the future to connect them with contractors like can, can you see this expanding or is it just like a lost cause and it's, and it's like let let them google on their own to solve all these other problems that they have
1: yeah what, for sure future so future state future state for for our company at least uh and we're kind of we're still we're still hashing this out we don't have a we don't have a 100 percent solution for this yet but uh we i you actually just had uh hide from uh, cap city on yeah. uh, the podcast just a little while ago and i totally like it was like he was taking words out of my mouth or like exactly how i felt about this so rather than uh just being a referral list um that we hand out for all these all these businesses that are local that we know and trust and we would use in our own house uh we want to be that business so um right now inspections are the are the opportunity to uh you know establish a stable base that we can build off, um, and we're we're talking about this with uh, with some of our, our realtor partners just to kind of gauge the market and see how see how they feel about it. But to me, um, you know, the front end of an inspection, so not just a pre-list inspection, because it, those are you know we do a few of them, but right. they're not really they're not a That's huge true. part of our business. But having someone that comes in uh, to prep the house for listing that actually physically does those handyman tasks, like we know what all those handyman tasks are. Right. Um, if you're a listing agent, why not have us come in, check all those boxes, make sure that everything is in the best shape it can be to save you time, to save you uh, you know, hassle when an inspector comes in on that property, finds all these items that we know we're going to need changing like filters and dryer exhaust hoses and all of that. We'll just take care of that on the front end uh, for a small fee. That'll be out of the way. And then you're Transactional go smoothly. You'll still have an inspector come in from the buyer's agent, but they they won't find those ten items that that we always see. Right. Um, so that's on the front end of the inspection, and then on the back end of the inspection, we can be that. Again, we know all those common issues. We we see them every single day. There's no reason why we can't get in there uh, and provide value to the buyer. And, I've heard you talk with a bunch of other inspectors about conflict of interest and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, how, how weird that is in our industry, but it's, it's not a conflict of interest. If we're always working in the best interest of our client. And, you know, if, if there's a deficiency in the house, it's not a deficiency that we've caused. It's a deficiency that exists. We found it. We can help, we can help solve that problem. And it's no different than, than an electrician or any other tradesperson coming into a house, finding the issue in the house and then fixing it. Right. Uh, if we're if we're a home inspector and we find the issue and we happen to be able to provide handyman services and fix that issue as well how's that a conflict like to me that's that's not a conflict that's just providing no. a service to a buyer that that the buyer needs and and why not have it all in in a one-stop shop instead of a list of 20 trades that you need to reach out to
0: yes i might get flack for saying this but like i'm starting to believe it's more a reflection of the person that is so worried about it being a conflict of interest it's like would you recommend a fix that didn't need to be fixed just for just to profit because you own a handyman company? Cause if you, <laughs> if you're not thinking of that, then you're like, I'm just helping them find the solution and fix yeah. things that I pointed out, not making it up. And so sometimes I laugh when I'm like, why are you so skeptical of this? Would you do that? <laughs> right. And, it, and put yourself in the
1: buyer's shoe, right? Like if you're, if you're a buyer, do you want to have somebody like us come in, tell you, yeah, you know, uh, that GFCI outlet needs to be replaced in the bathroom. Here's three guys, give them a call, see who you want to speak to and book them in after possession.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why would you, why would you want to do that? Like, why wouldn't you just say that outlet needs to be changed? We can provide that service for you. Uh, you know, feel free to reach out to anybody else you'd like. And if, exactly. and if you, and if you want to work with them, that's totally fine. Uh, but we, we offer that service as well. That to me, isn't a conflict. And if you, And if you, you know, you just got to, you have to look for opportunities to grow your business. And if you're not, if you're not willing to put yourself out there and give it a try, then you're always probably going to be that one guy in your truck. Uh, You know, having a great, having a great living, uh, being an inspector, uh, doing maybe 30 to 40 inspections a month, but, but you're never going to, uh, you're never going to get away from that. You're always going to be doing just that because you haven't had an opportunity to grow your business.
0: So 100% and, and the client still has a choice. Let's not act like we're forcing them to do anything. And so Absolutely. I like what you said there of saying, Oh, Hey, we have a service that does some of these handyman easy jobs. Um, but if you, if not, I have a few other contractors that you could call up if you want.
1: Absolutely. It's that same layered approach again. Like if, if it's a, if it's a simple task and we, as a business would make sure that we're not we're not going down the rabbit hole. We're not doing any and every handyman oh service goodness. under the sun. We know those tasks that we could complete and, and make a profit at yeah. as a business. Um, so we'll offer those. And then we still have that referral list so that if if down the road, uh, you know, you, you need somebody to redo your roof, obviously as a handyman service, we're not going to do a whole roofing job. We might replace a shingle, uh, but we're not going to re-roof someone's house. So we have that list of trades that we can go back to.
0: And I think you guys should get paid either way. I think you're, you're getting paid for the loyalty and relationships you're building for maintaining integrity in those relationships. And I believe it's okay to get paid for that because it happens in almost every other industry in the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we have a referral list. We don't, we don't uh, take any kind of referral fee or a kickback from those referrals. Um, but for those companies that do want to do that, I don't see any issue with that. Like if that's, if that's the, the model that, that you want to run as a business, that's a business decision. Like that's, yeah, 100%. that's totally, that's totally fine. I don't see any issue with that. Um, it's just not, not where we've
0: gone, but yeah. you know,
1: maybe in the future, I don't know.
0: But Some, some inspectors actually, without even us creating the system for it, sell ad space at the bottom of their reports. So they let yeah. maybe a local roofer if you're just like, Hey, I'm not going to only recommend you, but if you kind of want to get that impression, you know, hundred bucks a month. I don't see anything wrong with that either. Um, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's a Free market to the, network.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a couple of agents or, uh, pardon me, uh, inspectors that uh, I've chatted with that are Spector users that that do just that. And and you know, I just don't think I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I can definitely see that that working and being effective. I know one of them was saying that he he uses that as a basically a means to pay for his admin staff so that he can have uh, a marketing person out there working for him, getting, uh, getting more leads, uh, and it doesn't come out of pocket because his referrals are paying for his marketing marketing team, basically, um, Beautiful. which is a fantastic idea. Like,
0: Beautiful. Yeah. You're not, not stealing, kinda... you're not stealing money from anybody. There's a exchange of value that goes both ways. Um, yep. I just don't want to see our industry hold ourselves back from growth and opportunity. And I think that's, that's, um, what we try to balance of like, giving more opportunities to grow your business because you're you're you guys exchange time for money and if you're not making more for the time you're spending you just have to do more inspections which is (laughs) infinitely not scalable and so um of course being a tech company that is a little more scalable i want desperately for inspectors to embrace that and be able to make two or three x what you would make on the same amount of inspections like that's a beautiful world that we could that we're moving towards and I think it's happening. Uh, But we need more people like you that actually are open to saying, Okay, does this still provide value. Okay, does this make sense on on the economics. Cool. Absolutely. Um, So we won't beat that to death. I have a question for you on small. (laughs) I get requests a lot of like, Oh, Kevin, you're always interviewing these guys from like Houston <laughs> that are killing, you know, they have billion dollar businesses yeah, absolutely. easy there. Yeah. What was it like breaking into the, the small town, you know, the good old boys and girls club, like how, was there any dynamics there where you were like, Oh man, there's like two guys here that everyone loves. How do I break into this?
1: Yeah. I mean, to an extent, I, I actually think it was a, a huge advantage to us to be in a small town um, rather than being in just a, the wild west of a million or a million person uh, city and, and having just so much choice, you know, locally, if, if a realtor wants to work with someone local and, and a lot of the realtors in Cochrane uh, really did want to work with somebody that's, that's in their local market. Um, There was only, you know, prior to prior to us starting, there was only two options. um, And Mm -hmm. and we were the third Mm -hmm. uh, really basically, unless you wanted to bring somebody out from the city. Um, So limited choice was, was helpful, I think for local realtors. Um, and then, you know, we also, we've only lived here for about four years. Like I didn't grow up in Cochrane and been a lifer where uh, I went to high school with all these agents and everybody knows us already. Yeah. Um, So you had to build from scratch. Yeah. We didn't really have, have those relationships. Even, even the agent that we worked with when we bought the house here that we live in today, um, they they live in another town on the other side of uh, Calgary. They're not they're not local to the Cochrane market either. So uh, we had basically no connection to the real estate industry here in town, um, which you know, it was maybe a good thing. Uh, you know, people, people don't know us. They don't know our history. They don't, they haven't been to high school with you and you're trying to mm-hmm. fight that, that stigma of uh, whatever you did when you were in your teens. <laughs> right, um, right. Um, So, so we could start, start from scratch and start with a small pool of, of local realtors and, and really kind of work to try and get their, get their attention basically, and get them to, to notice that we're, that we're around and we're an option. And, and there is definitely some realtors that are higher production here in town and, And honestly, it wasn't really our intent uh, to try and like go after the big fish right away, Mm -hmm. um, really in the market. Like we, we were more than happy to work with basically anyone and everyone. And for sure, if there was, if there was a a high volume or high production agent in town that wanted to work with us, absolutely. You know, we're, we're more than happy to help, but we're not trying to just target our, our, uh, our growth based on, on one inspect or on one agent. And so that actually, I think, is kind of the, the key to our success, especially in a down market. Like we've been very uh, we've been very lucky to have a very busy real estate market, basically from starting out from inception of the business. But if things slow down and we saw that when our market here a couple months ago really, really took off, we had a lot of investment from uh, people on on both coasts, basically in Ontario and British Columbia, trying to uh, buy investment properties in Calgary. Um, when that happens, obviously the market takes off and unconditional offers are Mm.
0: rampant,
1: you know, so for the first couple of months of 2022, uh, I know there was a lot of inspectors that we know in the city that had, uh, had a pretty hard time with it because they, you know, they had, they had banked their, their the success of their business on one team only in the city, uh, you know, and, and sort of took inspections where they could elsewhere. But they were really, really focused on their market. Um, and that was a huge downside when as soon as unconditional offers started to pop up and become more frequent, they didn't have any, any kind of larger network to work from. And so we, right from the very beginning, our whole intention was to try and cast as wide a net as possible, um, you know, locally first, obviously, and then how wide can we reach? So we'll go, uh, you know, anywhere basically within a 200 kilometer radius of, of uh, Cochrane uh, and even farther if it's an agent that we work with on a regular basis we'll go anywhere that they're selling a the house pretty much uh to cast that wide net so that that way if say the market in the city drops off we still have those kind of suburbs and and outlying towns that are still busy or you know what happened in in the beginning part of the year when we had unconditional offers in the city it wasn't as crazy. Uh, it was still busy in the outlying towns, but it wasn't quite as, as wild west. It wasn't quite as crazy. Um, so we were able to still have some conditional offers and still be able to kind of present uh, inspections and, and conduct inspections whenever we had the opportunity to. And we, we didn't really see a drop in, uh, in inspections. If anything, we probably, just due to volume, the sheer number of transactions, like, we we probably lost thirty percent of the work that we would typically be doing because of unco- unconditional offers, mm. but the sheer volume led led us to be still in growth mode. So um, instead of instead of hurting because of the unconditional offers, we're still kind of going steady and not really seeing a drop. and And we're able to kind of build on that throughout the year as as things normalize and there's more more volume and more inventory in the market.
0: Great advice for you to cast the wide net, and you're able to do that through automation. I think your automation and your systems seem to enable you to cast wider and stay in front of, you know, many, totally. many agents. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's talk systems and processes. Cause I, I you mentioned that, um, yeah. you know, in, in, in growing pains too, because, uh, you know, I, I relate to this pretty deeply of anytime you hit that growth or you hit, you know, you're hitting the new ceiling you have to decide, do I turn away work? Do I hire someone? Do I put a, a redundant system and process in place? So yeah, I'll t- I'll just leave it at that and let you riff on kind of what you're doing or wherever you want to take this concept.
1: Yeah, sure. So we, um, right from the very beginning, uh, we tried to be as systematic as we could and that was, um, Partly due to my my previous role as a quality manager in a large construction company, we had a you know a real system based approach in what we did back then. Okay, it wasn't perfect, but it was it was kind of a background and something to learn off of. So in yeah. some cases, you know, we're trying to do uh, things that I know we didn't do a good job in a previous uh, in my previous role. I'm trying to perfect that in in our own company, but um, but yeah, even right from the very beginning when we were only doing five inspections a month. Uh, my whole intention was to try and set up as many systems as I could so that that way, when we're doing 20 and doing 40 and hundred, those systems are already running and we're not trying to develop those as we go basically. So, uh, and we're not perfect at that. Like we fly by the seat of our pants all the time. And, and we've been, we've been really lucky to basically double in the number of inspections that we do every year since the very beginning. Um, So we're constantly always, you know, realizing a gap in that, System based yeah. based approach and and trying to implement a system so that it goes so that it goes more smoothly. Um, but you know, if we were just trying to rely on you know answering the phone and scheduling in a, a Google Calendar or something like that and, <laughs> and just expecting that we were going to show up uh, at the right home at the you know at the right time for the right agent, we would fail for sure as we as we scale and as we add inspectors and and uh, just make our business more complex, um, without those systems, we're, we're never going to make it.
0: What are some of the best or most important systems and processes that you put in place where you were like, Oh, glad I did that.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, basically our our number, the number one system that we use on a regular basis is our, is our booking process. So, um, and it's not even really, it's not even really written down. It's almost like we should probably do that actually. Uh, but (laughs) it's just, it's basically like, Tribal knowledge, really. Uh, So when you know, whether it be an online online scheduled uh, inspection or somebody picks up the phone and calls us, doesn't matter whether it's the agents or the client. uh, We basically have this process where we'll get the booking in, get the get the invoices made up. You know, we use we use QuickBooks uh, for our for invoicing. We don't do uh, we don't do it within Spectora, Um, but uh, we we try and get all of that front end administration done within the first like 15 minutes of that inspection being booked. Mm -hmm. So that that way we, you know, we've already communicated to whether it's me or to our other inspector, Chad, uh, they already know exactly where they're going. It's already in their calendar. There's reminders through actions to let them know 24 hours in advance. This is where you're going the next day. Um, You know, everything is, everything is as streamlined as possible so that we can focus our hundred percent of our, our uh, time on, you know, understanding what the agent needs from us and understanding what the client's looking for from right. us from the inspection. So and that varies. Uh, you know, we could have an investor client we could have uh, that really just wants the report and nothing more. We could have a first time homebuyer, um, but we can really focus our, our energy on that rather than, you know, worrying about whether or not we got the invoice sent out on time or, uh, right. you know, worrying about whether we followed up with an agent after the fact or, you know, whatever the whatever the case is, that whole process is all as streamlined as possible um so that we can really focus on just delivering on you know why they called us in the first place which is to have a good inspection um so we can we can put our effort into that
0: are you getting a lot of agents or clients that um will book online or do you guys do you guys push that to kind of give you some balance and reprieve from the phone calls
1: <laughs> yeah so we
0: um
1: we're kind of 50/50 so usually if it's a if it's obviously if it's a google search or somebody that's found us uh that's not from within our network uh typically they'll always call us and we can't get around that but uh for agents that we work with on a regular basis um usually you know the first couple will be by phone because that's what they're used to that's what the other guy did or whatever um and then as soon as we kind of speak to them about it and just let them know okay you can book online our schedule is always up to date if there's a if there's a appointment in there that you can book we will be there you know And and it gives them a little bit of confidence right like we it is very rare when we call an agent and say, Hey, by the way, I know you booked online, you needed Thursday at 9.00 AM, but I got a dentist appointment or whatever, you know, like we, we will be there if we're committing to that schedule. And so for them on, on their own terms, you know, if they're working on a deal and it's midnight and they want to get that inspection booked so that they know that everything in their own process is, is smooth and they've got everything dealt with, they can go on at midnight and they can book that time and they know that we'll be there. And, And, you know, through the actions, we're able to kind of, uh, proactively get information out to the buyer and to the listing agent, whoever we need to, or even our subcontractors for radon and and sewer scope, uh, all that information goes out. We don't have to do a thing and it's 1am and we're sleeping soundly and the business is still doing its thing. Right. So, um,
0: yeah, I love, I love the concept of also of of tagging agents and your contacts that have maybe done five plus inspections with you maybe have an action, letting them know about the online scheduler. But a small town tip I've always heard and like is that, yeah, you want those first couple to be over the phone so you can build a relationship. You can ask them a Absolutely. few questions and, and get that personal touch. If you're in a big city and you're in hyper growth mode. Yeah. If you just want to run it like a tech business, you can funnel everyone to your online scheduler, but you're not going to be building relationships. <laughs> you're, yeah, exactly. You're missing, exactly. A, you're missing an opportunity, right?
1: That, yeah, that's right. You're missing that opportunity to, to get, you know, some one-on-one uh, time with the agent, and even if it's only to book an inspection, like they can see if you're if you're good at if you're good at having a kind of a, a regular script that you do when you when you get a booking request, um, it's smooth. They call you, ask the same five questions. You're you're getting that information. You're not kind of stumbling over yourself as you're taking that booking um, right off the bat. That that shows well to an agent. Like you've got you've got your stuff together. Like you know you know what you're doing you can take a booking request in a couple of minutes and and everything's off and rolling. You're not kind of, you know, Oh, by the way, sorry, I, you know, I forgot to get the email address. Right. Get like um, it's just smooth and it, and it projects some confidence, right? So that that way they know that you uh, you're going to deliver uh, a good service to their client and, and make it as smooth as possible for the agent.
0: Beautiful. I always like kind of wrapping up with, uh, you know, the vision casting, um, of kind of where you see things going in the future. And if you're in the answer is totally acceptable. If you're like, Kevin, I'm living day to day, brother. Like, I don't know <laughs> what the hell's going to happen in a year from now. What's your, what is your kind of your future dream state in terms of the business and where it can go? Like, do you, do you look out one, three, five years, uh, whether it's financial or service services offered or anything?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I think there's there's two paths, and and maybe it's a, a little both. Maybe it's one or the other. I don't really know which way at this point. We haven't really because we are still in growth mode. Like until until we get to a point where we're not doubling in size every year, uh, we're we're gonna keep on riding that riding that yeah. freight train until it stops. Right. But once it once it does, uh, and we start to kind of stabilize and normalize in the in our own market, um, I think we're either looking at probably kind of recreating that success in, in different cities and different, to me, this, this kind of like small town market next to a large major center, um, makes a ton of sense. Um, and, and I could see that being successful and we could repeat that, uh, in multiple, in multiple cities. Um, but also kind of that full service model where we're, we're helping agents sort of prep to sell, and also providing those handyman services and kind of the regular home maintenance services throughout the year on a subscription model. Yeah. Um, I think both of those are opportunities and it's just sort of hashing those out and understanding what we do and where and, and when um, so that we're successful because yeah. we don't want we don't want to step out and, uh, and not see that through whatever we choose to do. we, you know, we want to see it through and make it make sure that it's successful so that we can move on to, move on to the next thing. And and we're not, you know, right now we're, I'm still inspecting basically full-time. We have another full-time inspector. We have a part-time inspector that's going to be coming on pretty shortly too. Um, And that for anybody out there that is just that one guy in the truck, um, you know, if you're, if you're successful at it and you're, you're doing 40 to 60 inspections a month, you probably don't see your kids. You're you're for sure missing, you know, baseball practice and yeah. and hockey practice and
0: Evenings, and it's dinner. It's yeah. tough,
1: yeah, because you're you're out inspecting during the day. You're working on the business at night or maybe putting out an inspection report in the evening. You're you're always working, and so without that that growth to be able to have additional inspectors and putting yourself out there to, you know, like like Hyde was saying from Cap City, he makes less as a multi-inspector firm than than he does or than he did when he was one man right. on a truck but you have a lifestyle too and and we're still working on that like we're i still work a a ton of hours and and we're trying to to find that balance but uh you know without having those additional inspectors you're never going to get to a balanced approach and and you're going to burn yourself out like you're not going to be able to do that for a 20-year career so growth either growth has to happen or you have to be content to to stay as a as a small operator and and that's okay too, but that's probably not where the direction where we're going to go.
0: It's the growth trough. I always view it as like you're growing, you invest in growth, you're going to drop off a little bit, and then you get to the next level, and then it just absolutely keeps happening as you go up. Um, I love what you mentioned about subscription services. I think I think our industry needs to take a good run at this to see if all of our uh, hypotheses can play out. Um, we we do have it on our vision and roadmap to enable recurring billing. Um, for you guys, for consumers, to test out some of these things um, in terms of the ongoing maintenance or handyman services, I think, I believe there's an appetite from it being a. I'm an old millennial, so it's like I I kind of dip <laughs> into both worlds, you know. I have friends that yeah, sure. on either side, and I um, and I do believe there's a generation of people coming that are just like, dude, can I just pay you a couple hundred a month and like you just show up every three months yeah, and absolutely. do the things? Yeah. And inspector, this would smooth out your guys's revenue. I, I I'm, I'm excited for it. So I love that you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we, <coughs> excuse me, we, uh, we have a lot of work to do within our own kind of within our own industry, especially here in Alberta being regulated. Um, there's, there's a a real mindset around, like, if you're an inspector, that's what you do. You, mm. you inspect houses right. and you don't you don't provide these other services so as an industry i think we have to talk about it more we have to talk more about it with agents and clients and and even with the provincial regulator uh, or you know just like a state regulator in, in some of the the states in the u.s um until they get comfortable with the idea of us providing a broader set of uh services it's uh, just going to be it's it's going to be an uphill battle but i think like as soon as you, as soon as you establish that there are like, there's companies in Calgary, I know there's companies that do this already doing that Mm -hmm. subscription maintenance, maintenance service. Um, You know, if it works for them, it's,
0: it's, can it be a separate company? Can it be a separate entity? Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Like a a sister company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can totally see a sister company working and uh, I know there's, there's quite a few inspection companies that have kind of like a sister radon company that, that offer those services, but they're not within that umbrella of home inspections and, and maybe that's the route we go just to try and differentiate it so that we are arm's length from the inspection business, but we're still, we're close enough that we can funnel those clients towards, towards that service if, if they need it. Um, So that's, that might be the the direction that we go.
0: Is it as hard there to find quality tradesmen and handyman as it is in here in in the U S
1: yeah, for sure. So labor shortage is, is a huge problem. So we, um, we, we're always constantly struggling. like for me, I'm a, I'm a journeyman cabinet maker. Um, that's kind of where I where I started was in the trades when I was sixteen and never left. And so um, for someone coming out of high school, it, it was it was a tough decision for me to to choose to go to college rather than in, in, in Canada, like it's trade school or or a, a community college essentially instead of a university uh, because the stigma was that, you know, especially you know, in the early two thousands, you went to university so that you could get a good salary job and you could you could have a, a nice house in the suburbs and everything would be great, right? <laughs> and if you weren't doing that, then you were kind of you're sort of like almost like a lesser than, right? right you were right. like you were settling for going to trade school. And for me, it wasn't like I wasn't settling. Like that's that's where I wanted to be. It was a it was a personal choice. And uh, and now looking back on it, kind of twenty years later. Um, some of those, some of those guys that went to university, they they got a great job right out the bat uh, out out of their out of getting their degree, and now they're unemployed because they don't they don't uh, you know the petroleum industry is a little bit different in Alberta now than it was in two thousand five two thousand six and and but everybody you know everybody needs a house built, so everybody needs their their wires run in their house and plumbing done, and um, so to be a tradesperson can be a, a great uh, you know building point for for a great career and um and that stigma is i think it's still there today to be honest fortunate um, too
0: it's unfortunate because you have tradespeople absolutely killing it and um you know they can literally. charge whatever they want now you know, <laughs> yeah, no, because there's, that there's no label. cap absolutely. yeah because of the shortage yeah. so uh it's a problem that i don't know where the solution is but um my hope is that yeah the inspection industry can can find ways to get access to that talent or train in-house to where you have people doing double duty or whatever the case. So yeah, for sure. uh, Adam, this was amazing, man. This was a great episode. Uh, We got to wrap here, but I appreciate your time. Thank you for for the story and the wisdom. Um, This is going to be great. I'm going to chop this up and, and uh, put this on the socials. Okay. Well, that's awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. And thank you to Spectora and all like your team for everything you do uh i've you know those those guys on the bubble that that deal with all of our problems every single day uh i we couldn't work without them so um you're you guys are a key a key part of our success so keep doing what you're doing
0: appreciate you, brother all awesome. right
1: thanks keep growing talk to you soon <laughs> thanks Kevin. Right. bye